it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of ACC Tailgate here on Chris Landry Football, uh, the Twitch channel. Uh, really excited to have all of you guys in. My name is Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilbur and Gold, if you follow me on any social media. Um, really excited about this. First of all, hope you guys had an incredible weekend worth of college football, worth of NFL football, NBA basketball, if you're a... Uh, Keeping up with that. Uh, wanted to thank a few people here right at the very beginning, and then I want to give you a little bit of a spiel, uh, a brief spiel about who I am in the context of uh, my growing up in the ACC. Uh, first of all, first and foremost, I have to thank uh, Chris Landry, and you guys know that uh, you know if you've been following him at all, he's a very articulate. And just very educated guy when it comes to the X's and O's of football, watching film, uh, the ins and outs of both the college and the professional game and the NFL. Uh, and, you know, I just want to thank him for this opportunity to be doing this for you guys. Really excited. So thank you to Chris Landry for that. Um, number two, and, you know, most important, you know, obviously got to thank the boss, Chris Landry, but also want to thank you guys, the audience and the listeners uh, you know, I really want to build a community here. Um, you know, one thing that always bothered me when it comes to, you know, people in the media, whether it's the sports media or just, you know, people, you know, that have an audience in general is people want the listeners, people want the viewers, but they don't always engage with their audience the way they should. And I actually would like to go the other way uh, here on the ACC tailgate and get to know each and every one of you as best as I can and as deeply as I can, uh, you know, because if there's no audience, there's no show. And so I uh, wanted to thank you guys for tuning in. We got four in right now. Uh, really appreciate you guys. And I'm excited to, you know, build a community here and, you know, just, and here's something else you should probably know about me. Uh, I'm very improv driven. And so this show it's going to be a little bit different. You know, it's an, at the core, the ACC tailgate is going to be, you know, obviously an ACC show, you know, basketball, uh, football, you know, you can't have an ACC show and not talk about basketball just because 
I mean, when when it comes to college basketball, ACC, I mean, there's just nothing like the tradition of the and the talent that's come out of the ACC. Whether you're talking Michael Jordan, you know, Coach K, you know, all these incredible figures that have gone on, you know, in the NBA, you know, gone on to be great coaches, gone on to be great media members. Um, there's just nothing like quite like ACC basketball. So while this is, you know, mostly football on this channel on Twitch. Uh, we're going to get into some basketball as well. Obviously, we're going to have cop, you know ACC football as well. Um, but you know, human beings are multi-dimensional. We're multifaceted, and so you know, sometimes we might go down the NFL road. We might, I mean, whatever's going on in the sports world, we might mosey on down that road. You know, the NBA Finals is going on. Uh, Heat taking Game Three from the Lakers last night. So maybe that series is getting interesting. We'll see. Uh, NFL, obviously, like I just mentioned, you know, great day worth of football yesterday. Uh, and, you know, just live conversations, too. I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be all ACC on this show. And it's just going to be laid back, relaxed, and fun. And I'm going to do my best to bring you guys as much value as I possibly can. I want to give you a little bit of a background about me before we kind of get going here. This is going to be about a 50, 55-minute show on average. It'll be Mondays and Fridays, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So we look forward to having all you guys in. Um, so a little bit about me as far as my contacts with the ACC. So uh, I currently live in High Point, North Carolina, which is basically right next door uh, to ACC country, you know, the ACC headquarters in Greensboro, uh, which, you know, I mean, High Point and Greensboro being right next to each other. It's essentially, it's essentially the same place. And um, so I grew up here um, when, you know, going to the ACC basketball tournament in Greensboro, you know, was a regular staple and, you know, probably one of the best moments of my childhood every year. And that was always a fun thing to go to. And so I grew up kind of in that ACC culture. In case you didn't notice, I'm a Carolina fan. So we got to put that up there right now. You know, we're going to we're going to be objective here. We're going to cover, you know, obviously the whole ACC, you know, but I couldn't start the show without being transparent. You know, I am a Carolina fan, but, you know, I'm going to keep my fandom just close enough to where I can reach it. I'm not going to put it all the way in the closet, but, you know, it's over here a little bit, but I want to stay objective and try to bring you guys as much value as possible here. So, uh, but back to what I was saying. So grew up in ACC country, grew up watching all the ACC basketball. I actually watched more basketball probably than football growing up. Now it's kind of, you know, football's kind of evened up with basketball for me personally. Uh, and then also more recently and more actual, I guess, career-wise, I guess you could say, I spent, at least before COVID, uh, I spent 10 months uh, interning at the David Glenn Show. Uh, and I don't know, you know, I know since there's going to be a lot of, obviously, you know, because of the show, the ACC tailgate, there's going to be a lot of ACC fans in here, um, naturally. And so I don't know how many of you are familiar with the David Glenn show. If there's uh, some of you that are in the North Carolina, uh, Virginia, South Carolina area, maybe you're more familiar with it. It was a syndicated show on the radio in North Carolina based out of Raleigh. Uh, and I interned there for 10 months right after college, played college baseball. Uh, so I'm, you know, I've been involved in athletics and sports my entire life, you know, both as a spectator, both as, um, 
as a spectator, as a player, and then now as somebody who covers it and, you know, tries to get into the nitty gritty of sports, I guess you could say, and produce content about it as we're doing here. Uh, but no, uh, spent a lot of time at, spent a lot of time at NC State football games specifically uh, this past season. Because actually, ironically enough, the apartment that I lived at was literally right up the street from Carter Finley Stadium where the Wolfpack play. And literally, there were some nights when I would be going to cover uh, NC State games for the show. And I would literally, mainly because the traffic was a nightmare. And if you've been to games over there, you know this. The traffic's horrible around that area on game nights. And so I would literally walk to the stadium and then go in and, you know, do my thing and cover the NC State game. So um, spent a lot of time as well covering in, uh, ACC basketball games, Carolina, Duke, and NC State, since that's the area that I was, then, uh, that I was in over there in Raleigh uh, in the Triangle. And then obviously COVID did COVID things right before – so it was kind of ironic, the timing of the ACC tournament, you know, being canceled for me because, hang on, let me get my private chat in here, see what we got going on. Um, no, it was kind of ironic, the timing of everything with the ACC tournament canceling because it was the first time in five years that the ACC basketball tournament had been back in Greensboro. And it was uh, in that five years it was the first time at being back and it was my first year of being, you know, kind of in the media and actually getting an inside look at how these things operate. And so was excited about that. Um, and then again, obviously COVID did COVID things and um, that ended up being canceling. I mean, that was just quite an experience. It's, you know, it COVID has been, and obviously we all know this at this point, it was one of those things, those days where the NBA, you know, was kind of the first, well, the first dominoes to fall were really, you know, when there were certain soccer players uh, in the Euro leagues that got tested positive for coronavirus there in the early stages of us not, not knowing what this was. And then obviously Rodi Gobert, the Jazz OKC Thunder game got postponed. The NBA goes on hiatus, suspends. And that was just the domino to fall that really just created the chain reaction that kept going through really the next two days, big time in the sports world, because obviously all the major conferences canceled. Um, so that that was weird. And then obviously, Florida, it was weird to see because Florida State came in as the regular season champion, the number one seed in the ACC tournament. And it was actually me and the host of the show we were going to go cover the tournament and the first day we didn't go for round one and round two. So our first day being there was actually the day that, you know, crap hit the fan, so to speak. Uh, you know, Florida state comes out, Clemson comes out, the ACC commissioner comes out, does his thing, gives the speech literally as we are there getting credentialed, getting everything we need for the ACC tournament, it's canceled. And, and we kind of knew that it was going to happen you could just tell because, you know, the SEC canceled, uh, all the other major conferences in the Power Five had canceled their conference tournaments. And so it was one of, you know, we were watching Twitter very closely. It was one of those things where it's just like, okay, the ACC doesn't want to be the lone wolf here. And 
try and go on with the tournament. You know, everything was without spectators. March Madness was going to be without spectators at this point. The ACC does not want to be the lone wolf in that position, and then something bad happens, and they're they're the one that kind of got caught up in, you know, well, we're going to go on with it while everybody else cancels. So it was kind of obvious that the ACC was going to cancel their tournament. And obviously, like I said, FSU, Clemson comes out. The commissioner comes out, cancels, literally as we're getting credentialed to go in. Uh, and then FSU is literally just handed the trophy midweek, which was so weird to see. Um, it's just It was just really, really weird. But, yeah, that is – that's my background in the ACC world for the context of this show. Um, you know, it, it's, it's really just exciting uh, to be doing this. Um, I think the theme of this show on a lot of different fronts is going to be knocking the dust off. Uh, I know it's going to be knocking the dust off for me personally because obviously this is the first show uh, of doing this. So I'm trying to kind of trying to get into the the hang of things. Obviously, there hasn't been any ACC football up until, you know, obviously the last month, couple of weeks. And so, you know, there hasn't been a ton of football to cover. And then, you know, obviously for me personally, you know, it's been, you know, since March, since I was actually covering the ACC on a daily basis, you know, at my internship. And so I'm kind of getting the dust knocked off a little bit and get back into the spin of things. But then, when you look at the other angles of knocking the dust off, uh, you know, college football as a whole is really just knocking the dust off. You know, we went several months, not, you know, obviously sports, the sports world as a whole, uh, you know, went a while not knowing, you know, we, we, we heard, I, I swear if you probably Googled the word that was most used over the course of when COVID started, unprecedented would be at the top of the list because there's just so there were so many things going on in the sports world that I mean you just didn't know like you didn't know if you were going to have a season you didn't know uh you know if you were going to be able to do a bubble in college in college kind of getting back on track here again back to my improv thing I get 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 off on little tangents but College was really one of the tricks. I mean, because the pro games, they got it. They got it figured out. Uh, you know, NBA crushed it. Uh, WNBA crushed it. MLB was the more tricky one that the MLB, kind of, and again, I mean, the MLB has its issues. Um, so they were kind of the ones that, I mean, they didn't go the bubble route like the NBA and the WNBA, the WNBA did um, MLS soccer. They did a bubble as well. So it was very clear at that point that the bubble system works. You know, zero positive tests over several weeks of play. Meanwhile, the MLB is having outbreak after outbreak, and now we're seeing it a little bit with the NFL. You know, the big one of the weekend was Cam Newton testing positive, and so uh, the Chiefs-Patriots game had to be postponed. They're still going to play it now. I think they play it – I think they play tonight at now. I think I think it's on right now, but I could be mistaken. I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be played tonight. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're seeing it in the NFL, and the problem with the NFL trying to do a bubble, there's so many different like there's tens, there's thousands, tens of thousands of people involved 
you know, the with the NFL, the rosters are bigger, you know, then you got the trainers, then you've got staff, media, front office members, whoever's like there, it would be very trickle to do tricky to do a bubble for the NFL. The MLB had that option, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of the players didn't want to leave home for that long. I think the way they were going to do it is they were going to like, they were going to do it at the spring training facilities in both Florida and Arizona. And I guess in a way have their own kind of bubbles. They didn't go that route. And so sports as a whole, you just, you didn't know the for the Forrest Gump quote. It's like a box of chocolates. You don't know what you're going to get. And that was really, I mean, it's in all things, but especially the sports world, we didn't know what we were going to get. And so college happened to be the more tricky of all of that because the thing that all of the sports, the professional sports leagues have that college doesn't is, you know, a, a central government, you know, you know, all the professional sports leagues have that and, you know, they come up with something and it goes across the board. Whereas college, I mean, you got all the different conferences, different teams, and it just, there's no central government to say, all right, here's how we're going to do things. And that's that we'll, we'll adjust if we need to, but this is how we're going to do it. Instead, you saw, you know, the SEC and the ACC was actually kind of out in front on getting the season back started again. Uh, obviously, the Big Ten and Pac-12 were some of the ones that declined initially. Uh, but you you just didn't know. You didn't know what you're going to get. So back to the theme of the day, you know, I'm knocking the dust off as far as, you know, getting back into the groove of ACC football and ACC sports again. Uh, the ACC and college football really as a whole, they're knocking the dust off uh, as far as getting things going again. Here's actually another way that the ACC is knocking the dust off. And I don't mean dust as in, no, we haven't played in a while. We, we already covered that. The ACC is knocking the dust off in the sense that they've got quite a few teams that are ranked now. Like, and if you, you all remember this, and, uh, you know, it was, it was definitely, as somebody who, loves the ACC, it was frustrating to watch. Part of the asterisk that surrounded Clemson, and obviously they went to the national championship, lost to LSU, of course. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow getting his first NFL win yesterday. That was cool to see. I, I hope he does well. Uh, but there was an asterisk surrounding Clemson all year in the media and amongst fans that, why, like, are they actually as good as, they seem because the ACC is garbage. Like other than, I mean, really, the ACC was garbage last year. I mean, you had Clemson, and you know there was, there was a few other teams. You know, Wake Forest, and God, I I feel bad. You know, I'm a Carolina fan, so I don't feel bad for any of my uh, competitors that are in the state. You know, Wake Forest, NC State, and then of course Duke. I don't feel bad for any of them from a fan standpoint, but for, as somebody who's actually just kind of watching objectively, you kind of wait for Like I feel bad for wait for because first of all, I mean, their fan, like I feel bad for their fan base because, you know, whether you're talking basketball, it might, I mean, you could argue maybe baseball is the best of all, it, you know, all the major sports, you know, between baseball, football, and basketball, you could argue maybe their baseball team is their pride and joy right now. I mean, you know, Dave Clawson, great guy. You know, I think he's a great coach. I just, 
it's been very unfortunate to see Wake Forest. You know, they got off to a pretty solid start last year, and it you started. You know, I think if I recall, I think if I recall, you know, Wake Forest snuck into the top twenty-five a few times, um, and then obviously they just kind of, I don't know, they kind of just crumbled, and and then of course they lost their quarterback. That was a main reason, and you know he dealt with some injuries midway and kind of late in the season, and came back a little. And then when you know he played really well when he came back, but by that point it was just you know you know how college football works. You know every week, and you know this is why this is why football. You know whether you're talking college or NFL, this is why it is so exciting and we love it so much. Just as a country, this is why we love football so much, as opposed to maybe baseball until you get to the playoffs every game matters you know you hear it when you when you actually pay attention and you listen everybody says that you know they don't they only really care for unless you're a die hard fan deep fan then then you love every game of course but for the casual watcher you know, you hear most people say, ah, you know, baseball is cool, but I, I mostly – I don't really watch it until the playoffs and the postseason. Right, rightfully so because there, there's nothing quite – I mean, every sport's unique where there's just nothing quite like it, but there's really nothing quite like postseason baseball. And, you know, obviously it just got started for this season. There's just nothing quite like it. It's so entertaining. You know, it, it just – there's nothing like it. But – the entire season, and I'm I'm a proponent of I think the MLB season should be shortened, and for this reason, the reason co- college and NFL do so well is because every game matters, and you know we really see it. It's maybe even more. It's maybe even more amplified than, or excuse me, it's maybe even more amplified in college than it is in the NFL, because, I mean, with college, it's like. If you lose a couple games, like you're out of the running for the college football playoff. Like if you, it's just it seems to be more amplified that every game matters in the college game as opposed to the NFL, or you know it matters also in the NFL, but just I don't know. College seems to amplify it quite a bit. Um, and Wake Forest, they just they kind of they got the short end of the stick. They started to crumble. In the second half of the season, Newman battled injuries. And then, of course, after the season was over, Jamie Newman left. He was out. And now, obviously, he's opted not to play this year uh, in Georgia, who got a nice win this week against Auburn. Really nice win for Georgia. Um, I was actually talking to somebody I met this weekend, and he was just telling me what a big win that was for Georgia. And so – but no, Newman goes there, and I just was like, wow. NC State has trouble catching a break. They're starting to catch some. We'll get to that in just a second. But Wake Forest is – NC State historically can't catch breaks. I'm talking like going back decades. But Wake Forest in the last decade really – you know, for me personally, in my memory, uh, you know, Wake Forest has not had – good football or basketball since I was in like elementary school and I'm 24 now. Uh, you know, I remember in fifth grade, I think I was in fifth grade when Skip Prosser was still the basketball coach there and, and they had, 
you know, they had a little something cooking. I I remember one uh, game specifically that they upset Duke, and you know, I had a buddy that I went to school with back in those days, and it was literally I was a diehard Carolina fan, he was a diehard Duke fan, and we just went at it all the time. And you know how this goes. And I loved it so much when Duke would lose because I would go to school and rub it in his face. Now I'm just now I kind of celebrate in silence because I'm like, you know. You don't want to boast too much. Not not too much. But I remember a specific game where Wake Forest, I think they were good, but they weren't like in the top of the ACC. They were kind of in the middle of the pack, and they upset Duke, who I believe was either number one or two. And if they were two, they were probably behind Carolina because I think that was back in like the Tyler Hansbrough days, uh, that 07, 08, 09 window. Uh and that game, for some reason, sticks out in my mind. But And then, obviously, when Skinner was there uh, on the football side of things for the Demon Deacons. But really, since those days, like, Wake Forest has really and, – and if you talk to people in their fan base, I mean, you can – I mean, they'll tell you. I mean, this isn't just me, like, bashing Wake Forest. Talk to the fan base. They'll tell you, like, what it, – it's just – it's been tough for them. You know, their, their attendance has dropped a lot. It, it seems to drop a little more each year – excuse me, each year – you know, whether you're watching basketball, whether you're watching football, it's just the attendance in that stadium. I think it's a little more – I think it's worse on basketball than it is football because obviously football's, you know – I mean, like I said, they had a solid go at it until they crumbled last year. But really basketball – I mean, you look when you watch it on TV, it's kind of spotty. Like the crowd is spotty. Like it's not very loud. It ain't no Cameron Indoor Stadium. That's for sure. That that Cameron Indoor Stadium was a place it needs to be on your bucket list. I know, I remember a few weeks back, uh, weeks a few years back, uh, back when the Legion of Boom was going on. Uh, people would talk about how loud the Seattle Stadium was for the Seahawks and how like it needed to be on one of on your sports stadium bucket list. I'm telling you right now, and I think I've heard obviously people say this too, but I can t- say it personally because I actually got to experience it last year. You got to go to Cameron Indoor Stadium, and that's coming from a Carolina fan. You have to go to Cameron Indoor Stadium for just one game because it there's just nothing like it. Like like even for a free throw, when you just kind of hear a quick you know cheer and a, cl- a, a loud clap and you know whatever whatever else happens after a free throw, you know, it's not like an eruption. It's just like a quick little, you know, even that felt like it reverberated off the roof of the building. Now I was up, you know, cause if in the media, when you go uh, to Cameron, there's obviously press row on the floor. And then there's uh, I think they call it the crow's nest up in the top corner. Um, and that's where I was for this particular game. And, so obviously I actually think the noise was amplified for me just because it I was just right I mean I was right against the ceiling. Like the ceiling in my room right now is higher. And I don't have a very high ceiling. The ceiling in my room right now is higher than where the ceiling was to me in Cameron that night. And I'm telling you, even on a quick free throw, it just I don't know, it just erupted that place. And I remember actually I think I tweeted this or posted a, a picture on Instagram with this caption. I can't imagine what Zion jams were like in this place. Like, can you imagine that? And if you've been to Cameron, you know this, and maybe you were even there 
for you know Zion's one year career. Like God, like I can't imagine what that is like. And Wake Forest has the exact opposite. Like it's just I, I really feel bad for their fan base and uh you know I, I really I really hope they're able to pull it together because I mean Dave Clawson's a great great dude and I think he's a great coach. Uh, but now obviously I think they smacked Campbell this weekend. 60, they did 66 14. Um, but where I, I was originally going with that is, you know, the ACC's knocking dust off because they've got four ranked uh, teams this at this point in the top 25. And I mean, last year it was really Clemson and, you know, I mean, FSU was a mess. Uh, Wake Forest was a mess. NC State was a mess. Carolina, you know, I'm ex- as now, you know, I haven't spent much time talking about Carolina football. Um, I'm really excited for Carolina football, and I know you Carolina fans are as well, because this is actually this is really the first year that Matt Brown has his. I mean, this is the second year back in his, you know, return to Carolina and. Honestly, last year, just based on eye test, like I could see, like, you know, obviously they, you know, they finished up the season, they got a bowl game, they were, you know, they they fought tooth and nail to get a bowl game. I think they won their bowl game. Uh, But, I mean, Matt Brown squeezed all the juice out of the orange that he had last year at Carolina. He squeezed every ounce of it out, which is why I was so excited because one, uh, Carolina had it was either the number one or the number two. I don't want to put my stake in the ground. I can't remember if it was number one or number two. But they had the one of the top two uh, recruiting classes coming in this season. And Mac Brown, I feel like, I man. And obviously, I don't know because I, you know, I haven't been around. Obviously, I haven't been around when he's been recruiting somebody. But just as somebody who has been close to him, heard him talk uh, on a personal level with people. He's such a good dude. Like I, and I, you guys remember the viral video of him last year after they, you know, I think it was their opening day game uh, in Charlotte. I want to say they played it at, at the, at bank of America stadium where the Panthers play. Um, and they upset South Carolina. Cause I don't, I don't remember. I know. I don't think South Carolina was ranked at that game. But South Carolina was solid, and, you know, it was the first game back for Mac Brown. There was a little bit of hype because, I mean, Mac Brown is, you know, he, I mean, he's in the – I mean, obviously Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, but he's in the conversations for one of the best college football coaches ever, in my opinion. Uh, he's, I mean, he's maybe just under, like, the goats of Saban and Dabo. Maybe not. Maybe And, you know, again, just coming from a Carolina fan, so I don't want to put him up too high – but he's up there in the conversation for sure. So there was a lot of hype surrounding him coming back to Carolina. And, you know, obviously Carolina fans were thrilled because, you know, Carolina's historic when it comes to the round ball, the round orange ball in basketball. But football has football has not quite been the same. I mean, they were solid the year Trubisky got drafted. And, you know, we see what's going on with Trubisky right now. Don't get me started on that. I, it still baffles me how he was taken number two in the draft. Or that, But that 
but that's a conversation for another day. Um, but Carolina has not had much luck uh, in football at all. You know, Larry Fedora, there was a couple okay years under him, but he just couldn't get it done, which is why there was so much hype, you know, and excitement that Matt Brown was coming back. So maybe he can sprinkle his magic pixie dust and Carolina can actually maybe look like a football team for a change. And then, of course, last year, I swear, last year, every weekend went to overtime. Then, then obviously, there was the big one against Virginia. I remember I was, I was watching this one closely. Uh, I think I was at an ECU football. So uh, the internship I did, we did this thing called the tailgate tour where we would go to a different college football game in North Carolina each weekend. And I think we were at ECU. Uh, I don't remember who ECU was playing. We were at ECU, and we kept checking on the Carolina-Virginia Tech game. And then after we were done doing what we were doing for the tour, we sprinted into the sports bar that we were outside of. Because, I mean, at this point, I think we've been looking, and it's like, oh, you know, they're going over. Because I think, I mean, Virginia Tech, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, let's see. Yeah, they, they got a big win this weekend against Duke, 38-31. You know, Virginia Tech wrapped up their season last year. Like, they they looked pretty so- – I mean, they looked pretty solid last year. I don't remember if they ever got in the top 25. I think they might have snuck in there a few times. Uh, but Virginia Tech's got a lot of promise, I think. Uh, they definitely did at the end of last season. And I got to tell you, like, that was a game that I was excited for because, of the, you know, I wanted to see Carolina really go in and beat a quality opponent. They almost took out Clemson, which did not see that coming. And then, obviously, there was that whole conversation of Clemson and the asterisk and the ACC is not that good, which is why the ACC is knocking the dust off because they've got some – they're looking pretty pretty solid right now with four ranked teams, Carolina being number eight on that list. I don't want to brag or anything. But that was such an epic game. And one of Carolina's Achilles heels last year was – field goals. You know, they they struggle with late field goal attempts. At least that I remember they they struggled to close out games on the field goal. You know, I'm pretty sure the kicker got iced that game and then I think Matt Brown called a timeout or something. I don't know. There was a lot of delay at the end of that game in the fifth overtime and it just you know, it seemed like and then obviously Carolina didn't pull it out, but the point of the story is it felt like every weekend Carolina was in an overtime matchup that they just barely lost. I mean, just barely, which told me, and again, going back to Matt Brown squeezing the juice out of that orange that he had at Carolina last year, like, it was very obvious that, okay, Matt Brown's going to do some damage, and okay, let's not forget about Sam Howell. Like, this ain't just Matt, I mean, obviously Matt Brown's great, and he's the engineer of the, you know, he's the engineer of uh, of the opera here. Opera, no, concert. Opera, concert, you get what I'm saying. He's the conductor here. He's the one running the show. But he's got a damn good co-pilot in Sam Howell. And I personally think, I don't think he's going to do it this year. Uh, and I know I haven't, I haven't got to Clemson much yet, but and a big reason for that is honestly just Clemson's being Clemson right now. I mean, you know, I just I don't think Clemson's going to have much trouble getting back to the national championship. 
That's my own personal opinion. I don't – I think they're going to win it all this year. Um, you know, there's no powerhouse L- – there's no powerhouse LSU uh, to stand in their way this year. I mean, LSU – LSU was like the Golden State Warriors of college football last year. Obviously, the Warriors stunk this year because they're tanking and they're going to come back and stick it to all you that forgot about them this year. Just a side note, putting that on the record, the Warriors – We'll be back. I don't know if they're going to get Giannis. Maybe they draft LaMelo Ball. I don't know. We'll see. But I will tell you this. If they if they go get Giannis, they're going to come back and smack you all in the face and just say, hey, we're back. Good to see you. Morning. But LSU was that for college football last year. I mean – I believe, I don't remember the exact number, but they set a record for people going in the first round, I think, in the NFL draft, LSU did. Uh, Obviously, Joe Burrow leading the way in that. Um, I'm excited to see what he does. But, you know, there's no LSU Golden State Warriors of college football standing in Clemson's way this year. There There just isn't. And, again, I haven't you know, looked at the other conferences as deeply yet as I have the ACC. Uh, But personally, and and kind of getting back to what I was talking about with Sam Howell, my prediction is that he will win a Heisman. But I don't think it's going to be this year. I I think potentially next year he wins a Heisman. I think Trevor Lawrence may get it this year. We'll see. I mean, we're only a couple weeks in, which is weird because – you know, we're in October now, and it feels like we should be, like, almost halfway through the season. But, you know, COVID doing COVID things. So, uh, no, that's that's kind of my dark horse prediction is that Sam Howell will end up getting a Heisman. And, I mean, Carolina – and they're number eight now in the polls, uh, if I'm looking at it correctly. I mean, they're number eight now uh, – one of the four teams that are ranked and I just, I had a feeling last year when Matt Brown came in that he was going to be like, when you saw what he was able to do with the guys that he didn't recruit. I mean, I'm not saying they had a bad team last year because they didn't. I mean, Sam Howell, Daz Newsome, like all these guys, like they had a pretty solid crew, but they didn't have what Matt Brown was about to bring to the table this year. And either that, I don't, again, I don't remember if it was the number one. I think it might have been the number two ranked recruiting class, but it was one of the two. Um, but it was, again, like, I'm really excited to see what Carolina's going to be able to do. Um, let's move on to NC State. <sighs> you know, NC State historically cannot have nice things not just football. I mean, we're talking historically in sports. You know, obviously there was the cardiac pack back in the day. But, you know, whether – and, and let me tell you this. I was really – and I'm a Carolina fan again. I was rooting for NC State to get into March Madness last year. Like, I was rooting for it because I, we watched it, re, you know, over at the radio show I interned at. We watched it really closely because it was just like they were right there. Like, I mean, you saw it. They upset Duke. I mean, they they smacked Duke when they came over to PNC Arena in Raleigh. And then, you know, Duke returned, uh, Duke returned the favor in Cameron. But there were some games that you would look at NC State 
on the basketball court, and it would look like, okay, maybe these guys are going to go deep into the tournament, and you know, they're going to make the tournament, and they're going to make a deep run. And then there were other nights that it was like they forgot to show up. Like It was like, I don't know, so like they their bodies were at the court, but it was like they were off somewhere else, maybe in the dorm playing 2K, I don't know. Warzone, Fortnite, whatever the, whatever they were doing, there were just certain nights where they they would just do a complete 180, and it was like they weren't even there. Uh, I personally think they should have snuck in, and obviously we didn't get a chance to see because you know again COVID knocking the tournament out. Um, but historically, NC State just in, in in the recent decades they can't have nice things. It seems like, and so far this year, I mean, two and one. Um, I mean, it's nice to see. I mean, they got a they got a big win this weekend. You know, thirty twenty nine over Pitt, who's one of those four ranked teams. Pitt was ranked number twenty four. Um, I mean, NC State outscored them every quarter but the third, where Pitt got one touchdown. But other than that, I mean, I don't know. I mean. It, It'll be interesting to see moving forward. Uh, I'm not sure who NC State has next week. Let's see. Luckily, I can multitask here and actually take a look for you. They got Virginia. And again, I mean, you know, Virginia, they're one and one, one and one in the ACC. Um, I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. I'm curious to see because I didn't think Dave Dorn was going to lose his job last year after NC State was just a complete debacle. Um, you know, I was at I was at the NC State Clemson game at NC State last year and just watched as Dabo completely clowned NC State. I mean, he was running trick plays and, you know, having position, you know, I, I think – if I recall right, he had a position, a linebacker, kick a field goal. I don't remember. He was just clowning them and then rubbing it in. And then, of course, there was the half-ass handshake after the game between Dorn and Dabo, and that that became a thing. And Dabo, I was, I was actually there, like almost like a foot, like a few feet away from Dabo when a reporter asked him, "Was there a little hostility in that handshake?" And Dabo was just like, what "Question is that?" And he literally huffed and puffed out of the out of the media room, but. Now, NC State was a complete train wreck last year, and it's interesting to see them now two and one, and beat. You know, it's not a bloated two and one. They beat a ranked, and again, going back to what we talked about a little while ago about how college football emphasizes more than any sport, in my opinion, we how important each week is. I mean, you you lose one game and you lose to certain opponents, you're out. And that's the other part of it. It's not just that you lost because, you know, and we we see it all the time with the debates about um, the college football playoff and only four teams getting in and is it going get, to get extended to eight. I think it's been a while since I've thought about is it going to get extended. I think eventually it might. I mean – it does, it does bring a lot of extra drama to the equation of, you know, which of these incredible teams is going to get left out of the top four. You know, there's that storyline, but there's also the possible storyline of these great teams battling it out in the top eight if they were to extend it. But 
but to that point, it just shows it's not even how much you lose. It's who you lose or beat. I mean, it's like, I mean, resume matters so much. I mean, they and, and the committee, you know this. I mean, the committee, they watch it deep. I mean, the slightest things, I mean, almost like nitpicky, but the slightest things, uh, you know, go right or go wrong against a certain team, they're going to get you out. Like, you're not going to be able to hang. And, uh, but yeah, NC State, um, that's a big win for them against Pitt. That's a really big win. Um, that's going to look great on their resume, and we'll see if they can. Uh, we'll see if they can keep it going against UVA. Who? Uh, I mean, UVA. I mean, they lost. I mean, they got smacked in the ACC title game to Clemson. But I mean, I think. I mean, I think UVA can end up being solid. I mean, I, I actually think UVA and NC State. That's actually going to be a really interesting game. You know, between two teams aren't ranked. Uh, you know, NC State's two and one. And UVA is one and one, you know, so we're kind of going to see a battle of who wants to get ahead, who wants, who wants to keep, keep away, keep the mediocrity out. We're going to see, you know, we're going to see. And so I'm, I'm hoping NC State can do it. I mean, I didn't think, and I started talking about this a minute ago, Dave Dorn, you know, I, just because he had had past success and I felt like that was going to be the lifeboat that kept him afloat just enough to get another shot this year. However, I did think that if he doesn't get it done this year, he's out. That That's just my own personal opinion. I think, you know, a lot of others, a lot of you may share that if you watch it, you know, if you're an NC State fan or if you watch it closely. I think this is Dave Dorn's last shot just because of how bad, you know, last year and, uh, I don't remember how the year before that went because I didn't follow it as closely that year. I don't. I don't think that went very well either. So that will be interesting to see uh, if he's able to, you know, keep the streak going. And so uh, I think I'll wrap up with this. You know, I know of, you know, I've covered a lot. You know, a sporadic amount of things. You know, a lot of, you know, kind of my background, context about me. You know, a lot of little college basketball, a little outside of uh, football and college sports, you know, some of the other pro sports leagues. Um, I will be curious to see what Duke is able to do because they have been very disappointing up to this year. Uh, obviously, this is their second year without Daniel jo- Daniel Jones. Um, and as a Carolina fan, it makes me so happy to see Duke implode and just crash and burn makes me so happy because they got coach K. I mean, coach K is not going anywhere until he says, all right, I think I'll retire because he ain't going to the NBA, obviously. And he's not going anywhere as long as he's the coach of the Duke blue devils. It pains me to say that. And as a Carolina fan, I can be objective enough to say he is the goat. And the reason he's the goat is because he adapts better than anybody else. You know, rigid coaches who want to cling to what may have gave them success in the past or the way things used to be, Coach K doesn't go that route, which is ironic because he's had more success, arguably, than any college coach in sports, not just basketball, in sports, but yet he's the most unemotional about adapting to the way things are, the way things are going to be. And that's, again, 
for sports. That's the form. That is one of the main formulas to success in anything. Your ability to adapt. You know, not being romantic about the past and the way things used to be. Um, but no. So obviously, Duke's they got Coach K. They're going to have that history forever. Football, however, has been a little different. You know, Duke. You know, you know they're a lot like Carolina's past until Mac Brown arrived. And, and and David Cutcliffe, the head coach of Duke, great guy. Again, like kind of like Dave Clawson, great guy. And at, as a pure, you know, taking my Carolina goggles off, sitting him over here, still in reach, but sitting him over here and actually putting my just, I'm watching college football goggles on. He's a great dude. I think he's a great coach. Obviously, he's got the ties with the Mannings and all that. And I think Daniel Jones is going to end up being – Really good. I don't know how great he's going to be. Um, I don't know how that how good he can be, but I think he's going to be a good, solid NFL quarterback, and I think you're already seeing flashes of that. Um, but I really want to see David Cutcliffe succeed. I really do. You know, great guy. And if you've ever heard him just it, – it's funny. It's like anytime I've ever heard David Cutcliffe in an interview – he spends maybe 20% of the time talking about football and 80% to 70% of the time talking about just life and experiences he's had and things he's done and just life lessons. So I, and you got to love people like that. You know, they're, they're, they're people that really sweeten up everyday life and they just, they, they just, they bring a good, a good warmth and energy. And David Cutcliffe is that kind of character you know, I hate that he had to end up at Duke. I'd love to see him like somewhere else, but you know, still a great dude. So I want to see him do well. You know, Duke had their moments last year. Didn't really have a great year. They really started to kind of flame out towards the end of the season, if you recall. And they have not had a good start to their season at all. They got Syracuse next week. Duke is now 0-4, all of that being in the ACC. Uh, they'll take on Syracuse at Syracuse at the Orange are one and two. Um, I, I I just don't know if Duke is going to be able to recover. I just I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off. You know, Virginia Tech beat them thirty-eight, thirty-one. Um, you know, Virginia Tech really solid team in the making. I think um, so. Not a terrible. I mean, it was close. I mean, so we'll see how it plays out. But you know, I don't know if Duke is going to be able to pick up the pieces, you know, I, I think they're only playing 11 games this year and they're already 0-4. Um, so I just, I don't know if they're going to be able to really pick up the pieces to salvage much in this season, which I hate for David Cutcliffe. Really, I do. But God, I love it as a Carolina fan. So uh, anyway, that's going to wrap up today's show. Um, I know it kind of was all over the place. You know, I'm still kind of getting used to this getting used to uh, being back into the swing of the ACC. I tend, you know, when I'm not covering the ACC, you know, for something in my career or, you know, I tend to follow more NFL than I do like college. But um, I love the ACC and I'm excited about the show. I'm excited to get deeper into the season. I'm excited to see what's going to happen with, you know, all the teams around the conference. Um, Excited for basketball season. I'm excited for that to start up. I'm not sure. Uh, I think I know a lot of teams are starting up in maybe December, I want to say. Um, 
somewhere around, maybe November, late November. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'll have to have to get back to you on that. But um, really excited for basketball season. Just really excited to grow this community. Most of all, um, here on Chris Landry football. Uh, really had a lot of fun doing this first show. I'm excited. And again, this is going to be Mondays and Fridays uh, at seven o'clock Eastern time. You know, uh, tune in, catch the live show, or go and watch. You know, if you can't catch us live and get in here, um, you know, feel free to go watch the recording on the Twitch channel. Um, and I'm excited to meet all of you out in the audience. Um, you know, that's one thing that's really going to be important to me here is, you know, the important things are going to be obviously a lot of attention to detail, uh, but keeping it laid back and fun, but also really, really putting an emphasis on growing this community uh, and getting to know as many of you as I can. Uh, you can follow me on all my social. I, I'm literally on every platform, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Yes, I'm on TikTok. I don't know how many people out in the sports media world can say they're on TikTok because it's not, I don't know, I guess demographic wise, it's not as big, but I'm on TikTok. Uh, a lot of Star Wars content on TikTok, if you didn't notice, but uh, I'm on every platform. It's Wilburn Gold. Uh, my Facebook is just Will Dalton. Um, and yeah, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, tune in next Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern. And we'll do some previewing for what's to come the next this coming weekend in the ACC and beyond. Whatever you want to talk about. We're going we're gonna to keep it light. And we're just going to have a lot of fun here. Appreciate you tuning in to ACC Tailgate. My name is Will Dalton. You've been listening to ACC Tailgate on Chris Landry Football. We'll see you next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus